dum 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 spin it Hello everyone, welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are going to review The Jungle Book, which you would think there would only be one, the Disney one. But no, we found out that there have been at least 10 Jungle Book adaptations. So, to clarify, we will be reviewing The Jungle Book, the 1967 uh, Disney classic. The one you're probably thinking of. Yeah, that one. Because there were there were several live action ones that came out. Um, there was the Jungle Book uh, with Mowgli as this very stoic uh, movie. I remember as a kid thinking, hmm, I don't think this movie's marketed to me. Uh, and then there was the other Jungle Book um, about Tim Allen learning to be a father. Oh, figure. you're thinking of uh, Jungle to Jungle Book. I see. Also, home improvement. <laughs> oh yeah, what a great, what a great movie. But yes, so we are reviewing this movie because of the 2016 Jungle Book that is hitting theaters at the time this podcast will be released. So look at that. We we are so topical for for, for now. We're just so on top of it because <laughs> even researching. The 1967 Jungle Book, it was so hard to cut through all of the advertising for the 2016 Jungle Book. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, hmm, information about the Jungle Book. This is Walt Disney's first adaptation since, or live action adaptation since 1990-something. Yeah, and it's like, no, not not the one with Bill Murray. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not not from the director of Iron Man. No, no, not that one. I'm looking not, for not, Walt Disney. Not the one with Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, there was a Jungle Book movie, The Jungle Book Mowgli Story. Oh my goodness, that is Johnny Tsunami. That is Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami uh, is, sir, not appearing in this podcast. What is his <laughs> name? Uh, no, Brandon Baker. Brandon Tsunami. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, this movie has had several adaptations, and I thought that was super interesting. But we are going to go into the history of this movie. Uh, like we said, this movie came out in 1967. It is an adaptation of the book by the same name, The Jungle Book, which is written by Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard um, Kipling. Yeah, and so... The original book is a series of books that are now in the public domain, which is why there are so many adaptations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mowgli's story actually takes place um, of a majority of the book, but only part of the book uh, included in the Jungle Book is something that I got called a lot as a kid, Ricky Tiki Tavi. Mm. Um, the story of the mongoose who defends a human family living in India against a pair of cobras. Did they call uh, you that because your middle name is Tiki Tavi? Uh, no, because my name is Ricky, and Ricky Martin wasn't popular at the oh, time. <laughs> and you don't have a middle name, which yeah. is a fun fact about you. Yeah, there it goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kipling wrote a lot about this kind of environment because he actually traveled to Africa. Um, it was the spirit of British imperialism at the time, 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> bummer. Uh, but he wrote a lot about it. And uh, just to give you a, like a visual picture in your mind, picture Van Pelt from Juno. <laughs> I said uh, Junami. Ju- yeah. All I right. think I went to school with her. <laughs> uh, but just to give you a visual picture of what Kipling looked like, uh, just picture uh, Van Pelt from uh, Jumanji. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and can I just say, so I'm watching this movie. Uh, I know I'm getting too into the other segments, but, like, I it was in my brain that this movie took place in Africa. And then within the first uh, five minutes, I said, so they're in India. I'm like, wait a second. Oh, right. Yeah. So I said Africa, I think when, it, when he, British imperialism went through Africa, but then also, of course, into India as well. But yeah, it you just default to Africa, I think, because you think like... I think jungle. Jungle. Yeah. But no, it's it's India. Yeah. Which made yeah. so many other things make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's... um. It actually got developed. Uh, this was actually the last project that Walt Disney worked on. Yeah, he um, died during the production of it. Yeah, so he never got to see the Jungle Book, and he never got to see Disney World be complete. Um, this has been a segment called Sad Facts. Wow. Um, ah, dang it, I tried so hard. <laughs> to not um, cry after a Sad Facts segment <laughs> that snuck up on us? It really did. I'm we so sorry. We didn't discuss um, the Sad Facts segment. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, sorry. The The original draft of this book or of the movie was very close to the book because like most things that Disney adapts, the source material is super sad. Um, the original version was very dark and sinister. Uh, it like Mowgli's origins are very close to that of Tarzan um, in which his parents were attacked by a tiger. Um, except in this version, um, Mowgli doesn't stand victoriously holding cheetah skin over his head. Um, it ends with a fun song about the bare necessities. But yeah, the original version was super dark and Disney was like, uh, let's go with swing music and Beatles references. So it was more the idea that Sher- was it Sher Khan that killed the parents and then was coming back to finish the job? Something to that effect. Interesting. I I, I just know uh, based off of my research that it were the tigers were the ones who made an orphan out of Mowgli. Hmm. So that's that. That is a, a brief history um, of the background for the Jungle Book. Now, when I was a kid, uh, I saw this movie and I'm like, "Wow, look at this brand new movie coming out, The Jungle Book," and I. I remember being so enthralled into this movie. Like when I was rewatching, I was like, I remember so much of this movie. Like I, I didn't realize a how short it is, but also yeah. how much I remembered from it. It's only something like an hour and seventeen minutes. Yeah, like that's enough time to like watch the movie and have like an evening to yourself. Like it's it, it's a it's a short little movie. Um, one last thing I forgot to mention that I thought was super interesting um, about the history of the Jungle Book is that the Jungle Book, the actual book, uh, actually came to be used as motivational book by the Cub Scouts. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That because you, Why is that? 
because uh, the book uh, was supposed to be, or originally there were like five um, stories that were fables using um, animals to give like moral lessons, like don't befriend bears or or other lessons. I'm sure that the actual book had, um, but yeah, um, the the book was used by Kipling, and um, that's it. <laughs> It's huh. just a fun little fact. Don't befriend bears. And then yeah. you become an Eagle Scout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I, I wasn't, I remember I wasn't allowed. Well, I wasn't necessarily not allowed to be a, a, a Boy Scout. It's just the first task they gave us was to make a little, little wooden car. And I couldn't because I wasn't allowed to like use a knife. Uh, so I never went back. Got to use your teeth, man. Pinewood Derby. <laughs> Pinewood Derby. I remember. Uh, but yeah, so that, um, that's my experience with uh, the Cub Scouts and how that ties into the Jungle Book. But yes, going back to my reaction of it, when I was re-watching it, uh, I remembered so much because I'm telling you, my parents played this VHS for me over and over and over again, and I just loved it. It was so fun, and really, the bare necessities and "I Want to Be Like You" are just such fun songs. They're stuck in my head all day. <laughs> Probably will be all week. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, an incredibly catchy song, and um, and the I, that voice actor—I forget his name—but he was such a big. Uh, voice actor in so many Disney movies. Um, Phil the, Harris. Uh, Phil Harris. Um, fun fact: uh, Baloo was a sloth bear. I didn't know they made sloth bears, but that's the kind of oh. bear that Baloo was. Um, but yeah, like Phil Harris, dude was um, the bear also in uh, the Robin Hood, uh, the Fox. Robin Hood movie. He certainly has a type. <laughs> it's so funny. They um they reuse that animation uh from the Jungle Book, like the dance sequence. They uh-huh. reuse that animation from or in the Robin Hood movie as well. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so like the whole dancing sequence between Baloo and Louie was also used in Robin Hood with uh I think that bear was dancing with uh, a chicken woman, and uh, yeah, just the exact a same chicken animation. Chicken woman, a and chicken then woman. later on, speaking of chicken woman, mm-hmm. he went to be the narrator of Rockadoodle. That's right. Oh man, Rockadoodle! So it's all oh. connected. It's man. all connected. What? What a great career. <laughs> But Phil Harris, he, I mean, Baloo really does anchor the story along with Bagheera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to see how that's going to translate to Bill Murray mm-hmm. uh, with Ben Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's going to be a, a really fun dynamic between the two of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, just on the off chance that you guys don't remember the movie, we're going to give you a quick synopsis of it because we care about you. Well, and it's really interesting as we go through this synopsis. It's really uh, a very episodic movie. Like there, the scenes kind of are in like sketches almost of like this is the part with the orangutan, this yeah. is the part with the snake, uh, and so yeah. As we <laughs> All go right, through it, keep that that's, in mind. Hey, 
that's a, that's a movie rap for the orangutans. <laughs> they are duh. They are wrapped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so basically, uh, Bagheera, the panther, and Baloo uh, have a difficult try. I'm going to say it again. Uh, Bagheera, the panther, and Baloo, the bear, have a difficult time trying to convince a boy to leave the jungle for human civilization. INDB, you have let me down. There are there's a far better synopsis than that. <laughs> oh, it I is. That's all it says. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, so uh, here's the movie. It's about that, this guy. <laughs> yeah, that I, is the clear objective, though. Yeah, of, like that's the... So let me try again. But they so, want him to leave because they don't want the tiger, <laughs> Sheriff Khan, yeah, like, to that's kill him. That synopsis is like, okay, so Mowgli showed up start staying at their house and was not paying rent and they can't get him to leave. Like that's what the, that's what that synopsis is basically saying. Yeah, like Mowgli crashed on their couch. <laughs> like we'll be here for like ten years. Is ten rains okay? I'm just gonna be here for like one rain. Don't worry. <laughs> um so let me try this again. Um so this movie is about Mowgli, an abandoned child raised by wolves, has his peaceful existence threatened by the return of the man-eating tiger, Shere Khan. Uh, facing certain death, Mowgli must overcome his reluctance to leave his wolf family and return to the man village. But he is not alone on his quest, aided by Bagheera the panther and later by the carefree bear, Baloo. He braves the jungle's many perils. Thank you, Google. You didn't let me down. Unlike some people, I'm looking at you, IMDb, I trusted you. But I forgive you. Because we need you. We really do. Um, yeah. So, now that we have all that background information, let's go ahead and get into our uh, reactions of the movie. So, Grayson, what was your reaction to this movie when you were rewatching it? I loved watching the hand-drawn animation. I right. I watch a ton of 3D animated films, uh, mm-hmm. like Pixar films, DreamWorks films. Uh, it's been a while. I think it hasn't been since Charlie Brown, really, mm-hmm. when we watched uh, Charlie Brown, that um, I've watched a truly hand-drawn film from this time, and uh, it's t- it's different. You it can re- see the pencil <sighs> sketches. You can see the inking and... Mm-hmm. You can see the comp- I think the biggest thing for me the compositing yes. of backgrounds to characters. Yeah, um, it's just it's very apparent, um, but interesting to watch. Like, like it's amazing because I get now like Pixar being a part of Disney because I'm like looking at this movie. I'm like, this is the Pixar of the '60s. Like it, like I'm just looking at these animals move so realistically, mm-hmm. um, and some of their features were exaggerated, but it looked just right. I'm mm-hmm. just like these animals and the way that Mowgli was moving around, just like he looks like, like if you were to tell me that like the actor who's now playing Mowgli in the 2016 did all of his research solely based off of the 1967 <laughs> Mowgli, I would believe you because he just looks like a real person. Like, he moves like a lanky little cartoon kid um, or like a lanky little re- like real kid. But I, I just I was just blown away by it. But yeah, yeah, totally. I had to back up the dialogue a couple times because I was so distracted <laughs> watching like how did they accomplish that movement so fluidly? Like I would watch Bagheera's shoulder blades. Right. Uh, whenever he jumps from branch to branch. 
And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh wait, I got to back it up. What did he say? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's just captivating. Yeah, it really is. And I'm, I mean, the elephants and like how they moved and like how like they stopped, they moved in order and they just had like different personality types. Like I, I just loved watching the animation of it because uh, uh, they do reuse a lot of clips within the movie. Um, they'll either like flip the angle of it and just like lip sync differently. Yeah. Um, or they will um, bring back jokes and reuse jokes, things like that. But it's understandable because this was like, again, hand drawn animation in 1967. Like that took forever. Like I'm sure it took, them years to make this movie um and uh quick little throwback this movie um by the 90s with inflation was the fourth highest grossing disney animated film wow like um and that's kind of where um some 90s kids might remember the uh hit disney afternoon show tailspin uh that's why they chose uh, Baloo as the protagonist because like oh well Jungle Book was really great and I think kids will like that so they did it and they were also on a deadline but I'll get to that later um, but yeah it was so mesmerizing to watch the animation like like the rain and mm. uh, the water just all these things like that you kind of just come to expect like I'm I'm not going to watch a cartoon today and just think oh, wow, like that took a lot of time and work. I'm just going to mentally expect that to be there. But like looking back at like a pre-internet era animation, that's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. This this is how things had to be done. It also blew me away at how few people were listed in the credits for this movie. Because um, you look at a movie today and it just goes on and it's like, three to five songs worth of people that like babies that were born and and (laughs) (laughs) everything with it. But uh, for the amount of work that was put into this movie, not a ton of people. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to see that kind of uh, work. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cause I remember back when I was watching VHSs, uh, uh, I would see them saying, the new movie coming out is Aladdin and they would show the people with like three little cell sheets, just like showing like Aladdin moving in like three little frames just by like flipping the sheets. I'm just like, Whoa, is that how every oh, yeah. movie's made? That is incredible. <laughs> that is so tedious. <laughs> and then uh, that was also the same day that I learned uh, what the word tedious meant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Considering that, it totally makes sense why they would reuse footage. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, more power to them. It worked for the room. <laughs> Grace and I told you we were not hmm? going to bring oh. the room. No, I'm the... talking about the room, the animated film. Oh, no, there's an animated film. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Den- Denny is twice as creepy in the animated oh, film. Oh, no. Uh, uh, the room, the animated film uh danny story <laughs> Man, i would uh, watch the heck out of the animated <laughs> room movie i was just talking to uh my buddy cooper about that i don't know how or why but i did it was great are you telling me you were hanging with mr cooper cooper 
That was our secret reference. <laughs> the secret reference of the day is hanging with Mr. Cooper. Can you spot the secret <laughs> reference? Uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you noticed this time that you didn't notice last time? Uh, like me not realizing that this took place in India? Um, probably it's been a long time since I watched this movie. So I, I think the reference to the Beatles really uh, right? connected a lot more this time, which we didn't talk about the history of their involvement with the film. Um, but the Beatles were originally scheduled to be the voice of the four vultures at the end. Oh. Um, like they were going to be the voices. Um, but Brian Epstein was their agent and uh, tried to work the deal out. And John essentially said, mm, I don't think so. Uh, I believe he recommended Elvis to take their place. Um, but wow. they, yeah, they, they just love the idea of like the four mop tops on the vultures. Uh, and clearly some of the voice work is based on like George Harrison's voice and that Liverpool accent. Um, so they ended up getting a barbershop quartet. Mm. Uh, to to do the song instead, but yeah. Hey, it, hey, hey come on, we need a tenor. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think that I the thing I realized, um, because like when you're a kid, you understand concepts of things, like oh wow, Shere Khan is mean, but like I don't think as a kid I really understood the concept of uh premeditated murder. Um, cause Shere Khan <laughs> was like, Hmm, Oh, there, there's, there's a 10 year old child in the village. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I was just like, uh, okay. Um, Hmm. Uh, like that's awful. And then like in the fight with Baloo, I'm just like, Oh wow. Baloo got beat up. Like, no, they are like, basically in the rain having an open casket funeral for Baloo and Bagheera like quotes the Bible. It's just like, there's no love greater than one who lays down his life for his friend. I'm like, uh, and then like you hear a pipe organ version of the bare necessities in the background. <laughs> I was like, Oh man. Like they thought he was dead. Like I did yeah. as a kid. I just didn't, I think I kind of got that. But, like, not to the degree that guy. I'm like, oh, like, he just got mauled by a tiger. Uh, and he, they think he's dead. It's emotional. It Although is. I was a bit distracted by the fact that the barren wasteland that they originally fought in uh, apparently has a very sharp uh, transition over to the lush jungle in which Blue <laughs> falls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One scene, wasteland. <laughs> next scene, jungle. Yeah. Or did did you, I don't know if I noticed this as a kid, but like the the uh, transition from hey, listen, we just left King Louis. He's super sleepy, and then like their bruises healing up like super fast, and like the sun rising super fast. I'm like, are they just talking at like? 6 a.m. like right before <laughs> the sun comes up because that scene yeah. happens fast he's like well let me talk to him by morning it is morning i'm like oh it is look at that <laughs> yeah i think that's part of the episodic nature of it mm -hmm. like what you're saying is things kind of reset scene to scene yeah uh, while still continuing the through 
the through line of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and you're talking about things that you didn't really catch when you were a kid. I don't think I fully made the connection of um, the fear that Shere Khan had that Mowgli would grow up to jeopardize them. Yeah. That it's, I think as a kid, it was just like, yeah, tigers are dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was actually like, a very logical thing for Shere Khan to want to take him out because he was afraid that he would like wipe out his existence. Oh, totally. That man is dangerous. Yeah. Well, it's the same kind of logic. I was uh, talking to my wife about it that um, King Louis had. He's like, Hey, great. You're a man. Tell me the secret to fire. She's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that. He's just like, come on, you're a man. Of course you do. Like they don't know how men work, but they just know like, Oh, man has fire and guns which is another thing that i i knew fire as a kid but they said very clearly he is afraid of man's fire and weaponry i'm like oh guns like wow and i also think it's interesting that animals understand the word gun hey if we start splitting hairs about what words they understand (laughs) they're all speaking english with mostly American accents, the vultures are British. <laughs> fair, fair. Was Bagheera British? It was hard to tell. It was, uh, it was like, it was, I would call it like John Lithgow. <laughs> He's American, but he sounds kind of British. Yeah, yeah, he had that Lithgow that, bravado. He's Lithgowian. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, 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 like the understanding, like the conclusions that they were willing to draw. Like even just how Bagheera was like, hey, this wolf who just had a litter of puppies would be a great parent because she's she has like maternal instincts. I thought that was just like a – like little the connections that like animals would of course make that like I think that they just made those connections well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of logic based into the moves of each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, I thought um, it was interesting to see how just the movie is somewhat of a pre-coming-of-age story um, for Mowgli. Because he's trying to kind of find his place in the jungle, um, even though he technically belongs in the man village. Uh, but <laughs> But I do want to talk about, like, that whole moment. Because I was like, wow. I was like, yeah. And so then he's going to just find out that his place is with man. Because not only because, you know, because uh, I knew how it ended. But I'm just thinking in my brain, great. So he doesn't necessarily fit with Baloo. He doesn't fit with um, the wolf pack, even though, because um, I, I, I'm seeing so many connections between this and Tarzan. Because, like, Tarzan's like, listen, you don't belong here. Like, you don't, you don't look like us. You're never going to be one of us. Well, in this movie, they're more accepting of him. But, like, he's like, okay, well, if I can't be here and I can't be with Baloo, then where can I be? And I'm thinking, oh, well, the man village is going to be, like, a place where he does fit in. He's going to see other people who are like him, who like like playing with him. He's even going to meet someone who's like Baloo. But then we get there, and he just hears a girl singing, sees her, and then it's like, later guys <laughs> like, the last image of Mowgli is him just shrugging being like play has got to play which is such 
I like not I won't even say an abrupt ending to it, but it's just like there is nothing else that was going to prepare anyone for that choice. Just like, oh, he saw a girl, man, that's it. That's all she wrote, man. I think it's one of the biggest twist endings in (laughs) Disney animated history that the entire story was actually about puberty. Just the weirdest puberty experience that someone could go through. Yeah. Well, and it's great because, um, and for everyone who was like, man, but like, whatever happened with Mowgli and that girl? Well, you get the 2003 hit Jungle Book 2 um, with Haley Joel Osment as Mowgli, John Goodland as Baloo, and Mae Whitman as Shanti. Mae Whitman. I do like Mae Whitman. Her? <laughs> <laughs> she funny or something? Yeah. So here's 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 a brief plot of that. Mowgli is living in the man village with a girl who lured him in, Shanti. Um, his adoptive brother, uh, Ranjan, and their parents. However, Mowgli longs to return to the fun of the jungle, and after nearly leading the other children off, um, children of the village into the jungle, he's punished by his adoptive father for trying to lead them to danger. Long story short. Blue, like he goes back. And he's like, "Oh man, this is fun, but I gotta go back." And Shere Khan comes back. Um, so, if you mm. if you're wanting more of a story, um, the Jungle Book Two is right there, and and you'll see that John Goodman is pretty pretty good. Blue. I'd be interested in seeing John Goodman uh, and Mae Whitman and Haley Joel Osment. But I am not interested in that story. <laughs> I, I'm really just not. The story of the Jungle Book, like, I honestly think it ends where it should end. Like, it starts in the jungle and it ends in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he passes through different areas of the jungle that he's unfamiliar with on the hero's mm-hmm. journey of, like, leaving his comfort zone, uh, I just wanted to stay in the jungle. Yeah. He he achieved everything that he wanted to achieve, mm-hmm. which was like find a place of belonging. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was able to find strength. He obtained the elixir of fire, mm-hmm. even though this is the second movie we, we've reviewed where chance lightning has gotten a, a character out of a bad situation. Mm. The first one being Back to the Future. Yeah. Of course, they knew when that was going to hit. But this one, if the lightning doesn't strike the tree, he doesn't have the fire to beat Shere Khan. It's kind of the deus ex machina. I can't say it. Yeah, deus ex machina. No, what happened? Deus ex machina? There you go. Deus ex machina. Uh, All right, so now it is time to move on uh, to the next episode of the show where we talk about head cannon. (laughs) Look for the head, head cannon, the simple head, head cannon, where we look for unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the movie. Yeah, man. Forget about your <laughs> preconceived notions. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I love that when he does. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Before we do a head cannon, there's, there's one bit that I, I'd like to touch on. Okay. And that's, that's Louis Prima as King Louis of the Apes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right there in the middle of the movie 
and it's such a great a great song um with the uh, I want to be like you uh you track that is uh a, largely improvised with the um the the scat mm-hmm. uh style of singing he, he improvised a lot of that but um uh, again things that I did not really connect the dots on before the fact that king louis once Mowgli because he feels like he has he feels like King Louie himself has ascended to the top of the chain in the jungle mm-hmm. and that the next step is to become a man. Like he wants to be a man. I like you hear I want to be like you and you think, oh that's nice. Like no, he wants to he, he is envious of what it is to be man and wants to obtain everything about humankind. I, I know it's really interesting that I, yeah. I just never made that connection. That it's a, a very deep-seated desire um, rather than just a fun song. Right. Uh, sung by the amazing Louis Prima. Interesting. Yeah. I guess I didn't know that as a kid. Huh. Anyway. Anyway. And, and kind of the, the, the metaphor, I'm going to... I'm gonna get a little. Uh, I'm gonna say Fraser-esque here, uh, but the fact that he is like the king of the ruins mm-hmm. is interesting too. In that, Ooh. as Mowgli leaves, his chances basically of bridging into that world also crumble along with the ruins, and he's left with nothing but holding up just this little pile of rubble um, that's essentially just garbage, um, and that's his kingdom now. Oh, baby, I hear oh. the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I seem a bit confused. <laughs> uh, no, that's good. Right. Th- no, that's, that's... I like that. Very... He's king of the ruins. Oh, that's really cool. King of... Yeah. <laughs> Jungle Book 3, king of ruins. <laughs> Got real dark. Got real dark. Uh, yeah, so um, I'll see... So that kind of ties into my headcanon. Um, so I talked about Tailspin before, um, Mm -hmm. Tailspin was an, uh, short lived animated series as a part of the Disney afternoon block in the nineties. Uh, it first premiered in 1990. It was one of my favorite shows. It was just super entertaining. Uh, like I, I loved it cause I also loved the jungle book and I, I remember having the, whole of uh, the little action the action figures it was like blue as a pilot he uh, basically had a shipping business think futurama but with blue like he he was a delivery service guy like as hmm. i was reading it i'm just like this sounds a lot like futurama um but yeah he um is a pilot and he has a kid whose name is uh kid or I think Kit, I actually. Um, and then, fun fact, it was inspired by Cheers uh, to have Becca, or Becky, whose name was Rebecca, basing her off the character Rebecca Howe, um, yeah. and giving her character the arc of being a super headstrong independent manager, um, all these things. Um, and King Louie has a bar that is inspired by um, Rick's Bar and Casablanca. So it had a lot of these inspirations, right? Yeah. My headcanon is tying the two together because they basically have no connection. Like, you have the Jungle Book and then you have Tailspin where they are kind of further advanced in their society. Mm-hmm. 
Well, here's my headcanon. Um, it bridges the gap between the two. So, Mowgli is in... Um, so, Mowgli is in the man village, right? Mm-hmm. So, they... Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy about this. So, they... So, Blue and Bagheera, they basically get lost. And they find this um, shipping... Or, uh, they find this um, island, basically, where they drift along and just kind of, like, hang out. And they find this island where there are other anthropomorphic people, but they're all wearing clothes. And he's like, well, this is weird. Uh, and so then they are on this little island called Cape Cusette or Cape Zuzette, Cusette, Zuzette, Cape, yeah, Crepe Suzette. There it goes. Um, it sounds delicious. <laughs> oh, you have to have the Crepe Suzette. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so they're on this island and they've noticed all these other people and like they get clothed and Baloo starts noticing, wow, it's different here. I feel smarter. He starts trying things and he starts building up like his piloting abilities and then he becomes one of the world's best pilots. Um, and the reason why the island is so special is because it's the island from Lost. <laughs> That's how the gaps get bridged. You're welcome. Very nice. You know, that I love a sense. good Lost reference. <laughs> yeah. How about Man, you? I, I don't really remember Tailspin that much. Yeah. I know I watched it, but I just, it, it, it's in there somewhere. I mainly remember the theme song. Like, I, I, I can only tell you the episode where Baloo had to go back to school and he kept on cutting school to actually be a pilot because he had a job. And I remember being very confused as to why he still needed to go to school and why school was important when he was getting bills paid. Huh. That's interesting. But that's all I remember. I just remember being confused. <laughs> I remember Lou's cutting school and he put his little hat, he had a little red hat um, that he put in between his books and he like left his hat there and he left and then he came back and he's like, oh, I'm still studying. <laughs> but anyway, that's all I remember from Tailspin. Um, my headcanon uh, is not the Fight Club headcanon. This time, um, what what that Baloo and Bagheera are the same person? I thought about it. <laughs> they could be. They walk off arm arm in arm together at the end. They but do. um, no, I I actually think that it's interesting to view uh, Jungle Book from uh, the idea that this is Mowgli's progression through fighting different temptations. Um, and attributing different characters to the seven deadly sins on his way of getting to the man village. So I'll walk through the breakdown of the characters. I'm so ready for this. All right. So starting with, let's start with Bagheera, who has a, a pretty big part in the film. Um, I, I attribute pride with Bagheera. Um, for the most part, he stays reserved. Like he still wants to help, but, there are times where he just gives up and walks away from the, from Mowgli. Mm-hmm. Um, just completely is like, uh, that's not enough. I mean, yeah, this kid's too much. I'm not going to handle it. And I'm, I'm kind of above this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that breaks down with him over time. But um, there is, especially at the beginning, a sense of pride uh, that Mowgli has to kind of break through to get close to Bagheera. 
Um, and even even the way that Bagheera is positioned in the Council of the Wolves, mm-hmm. he is up above them. He is in the trees, uh, kind of above everything. And, and that that's a position that he holds for a lot of it. And I think that that represents his pride over um, over mm. the other uh, over the other animals. Uh, for envy, I we kind of already talked about this. King Louis, right? Like he he is envious of man. He's envious of of. Uh, Mowgli, and basically he wants all the secrets. Um, oh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, Sher Khan, uh, I, I attribute to anger. He's got a lot of anger towards, or wrath, I guess is another way of putting it, but he has a lot of anger towards man. The idea that he uh, knows that guns and fire are a man's thing, that that ha- that had to come from some experience, right. um, and clearly he holds some resentment to it. It's not the fact that he's hungry or it's just sport. Like he has some kind of personal vendetta and anger towards uh, towards Mowgli um, and man in general. Um, for sloth, you said he's a sloth yeah. bear. Blue, blue's the sloth, um, and he just he's got a lay about life and. Uh, Mowgli is the the catalyst for kind of breaking him out of that. Hmm. Um, for uh, Gluttony, this one was a little weird. The the remaining ones are a little weird. Um, but hmm. Gluttony, I put the vultures. Um, oh, they, that fits. They are yeah yeah. They we never really see them eat, but by nature, their their characters are ones that feed on the death of others, and they are bored and craving something to do and what they naturally would do would be to eat um so um i think gluttony is somehow tied into into their character traits uh lust was uh i'll, I'll save lust for the end but uh greed because we because we haven't really talked about that yet uh we haven't talked about the the last two really uh greed i put uh colonel hathi so colonel hathi okay. is the elephant uh general who leads people around mm-hmm um, it, he could fit into a couple of them. He definitely fits into pride. He takes himself very seriously. He has a lot of anger issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can fit him into, but I put greed, uh, because he does kind of set the perimeter and the boundaries for what is their area. And they're constantly just moving. They don't necessarily have a set mission that we see. We just know that they're kind of marking off territories and establishing their dominance. And they just keep moving forward, which Hmm. is that kind of imperialism that we referenced earlier, that greed to take over, to always like leave your mark and to keep tracking. It seems like it's just in defense of peace at the beginning, but we don't really know what their mission is. And so Hmm. um, whenever you have that kind of force without an end goal, um, I think that is characteristic of possible uh, greed motivations. Uh, And then finally, uh, Ka I have as lust. Um, Yeah. In the sense that uh, it's that mind control making you do things that you normally wouldn't do, not thinking straight, Cobbing the the giant snake that is able to look into people's eyes deeply and they kind of just fall in a trance. Um, it's a very like lust like state that they reach whenever they are looking into Ka's eyes. And I think I, I haven't seen the new Jungle Book movie, but I think the the casting is really interesting with that, which could play even more into that that lust interpretation with Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. playing the part of of Ka. But um, 
yeah, that's that's my breakdown that's, of uh, the seven deadly sins of the Jungle Book. That's really good. And then in that version, would it end with Mowgli saying, "What's in the vase? What's in the vase?" <laughs> no, she drops the vase. Ah, no, that's great. Yeah. Uh, you actually made me think of one more uh, thing in headcanon because you talked about the vultures and how they're mm-hmm. in this kind of barren wasteland. Headcanon, it's in the same universe as. It can't be just geographically. I was going to say the Jungle Book. Or not the Jungle Book. Uh, the Lion King. Oh, yeah. The, the Shadowlands. Vi- yeah, because the Lion King is very clearly in Africa. And this movie is very clearly in India. Um, so. Yeah, man. You can tell from the size of the elephant's ears. <laughs> I should have known. Okay. No, that was good. That's a really solid headcanon. I, I would be... I think our listeners would uh find that interesting but i do too i didn't mean it to sound like that uh, <laughs> i think our listeners would find it interesting i was bored to tears but whatever didn't didn't realize we were laying down dante's inferno in this episode thought it was all just singing jungle creatures uh no, I mean, I, I thought that I just, I just imagined that, that I think that has more legs to go with than what I could take it. Because it, anyway, um, well, I just, I've phoned in my headcanon the last, <laughs> I don't know, three months. So I thought I would <laughs> do some homework this time and really put the effort in. Oh, man. No, that was really good. That was really good. Um, okay. So the, um, the next segment of the show um is a surprise segment i know how you oh, i know how, since this movie has been adapted a ton um mm-hmm. we're going to skip our uh recast and remix uh because i have a very uh special idea for this so uh grayson and i we have a background in improv um and one of the games that we used yes to- and we do <laughs> nailed it Nail timing. <laughs> yep. Um. So one of the games that we used to play um, was a game called Movie Pitch, where <laughs> we just got a title and we just pitched a movie. So the Jungle Book is named after the book of a collection of stories that were titled other Stories. So Mowgli's story wasn't the Jungle Book. Mowgli's story was inside the Jungle Book, similar to how Ricky Tivy Tavi is its own story. And there are several other lesser known stories. So here's what I'm going to do. We are going to go back and forth and give our own pitch for different of titles of the short of the short stories inside of the Jungle Book. That makes sense. So I don't have to actually know the stories in the Jungle Book. No. I'm just pitching stories that could be in the Jungle Book. Absolutely. Got it. All right. So, first one I'll give you is the first book, which is Mowgli's Brothers. 
All right. So in Mowgli's brothers, uh, Mowgli is sitting around the campfire, mm-hmm. uh, and he realizes it's getting kind of cold. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he feels uh, some fur come up next to him. He gets real scared, uh, thinking that it's uh, some kind of creature that's going to attack him. And he looks around, and he realizes it's actually a wolf staring him directly in the eye. Because uh, he has two eyes. Uh, and uh, he goes, oh, hi, Jeff. That's right. I'm part of a family of wolves. Then a bunch of other wolves come out and he goes, hey, it's Tyler and Tony and Steve. And then he realizes, man, my brothers are a bunch of wolves. I shouldn't be so scared in the jungle. The Jungle Book. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. That's good. Oh, okay. My pitch for Bogley's brothers is um, it's <laughs> all right. So it is in the jungle. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's bef- it's it's a prequel actually to the Jungle Book. Um, and Mowgli's brothers is him and his three wolf brothers as they go down a journey that's a coming of age story where they all get we get a lot of backstory of them and um and it, it think basically um stand by me but in the jungle uh jungle book all right <laughs> there we go you could also just slightly change it to super mowgli brothers where he's <laughs> running through the jungle and he can go through hollowed out tree stumps to stop a giant lizard. Yeah, no, that makes the most sense. Like a like a Gila monster, <laughs> Komodo dragon. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm going to steer away from all the Mowgli ones because okay, cool. there's a, actually a ton of them. I should have read this before. Okay, how about this? The White Seal. Wow. So um, deep in the jungle where this book takes place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, once an old, decrepit townsperson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been cast out of society um, on some charges that were completely unfounded. Um, and he uh, he had lived his life amongst the, the, the jungle in a cave, actually. He would hit rocks together to make fire. He would uh, chop down trees with some... F- with some other rocks that he had <laughs> he did a lot with rocks basically mm-hmm. um but he was this old man living in a cave just making do with rocks and he uh, uh one day realized like i don't have much much longer to live i want to i want to pass on the true story of what happened all those years ago whenever i was cast out of society um and so he uh he took his prized possession it was this um it was a white rock um, and I, I don't remember my geology classes mm-hmm. enough to really tell you what kind of, maybe opal. I don't know. Sounds right to me. Okay. So he, <laughs> what? Yeah. What, what, white what color is opal? Is opal? I think opal is opal. Yeah. Opal's opal. Oh, and it's like not white really. Well, it's you opal. type in opal and it's like, anyway, he takes a white generic rock, but it was special to him. And he, uh, he uh, takes this this uh, this black parchment that he had actually made from some elephant hide, and he uh, he he writes out his whole story 
about how it, he was not the one to to do these heinous acts in the village. He actually he was accused of burning down over half the village, um, and much like uh, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say the Chicago Fire, but that Too just totally doesn't make sense. Soon. Yeah. Anyway, but he he was accused of burning down like half the village, but he, he writes out this whole confession of how it actually happened. He folds up the elephant's skin, and on it he just puts this this, this X with the white rock on it, uh, and uh, he seals it. <laughs> and, and he uh, actually walks back into town, and when they see him, they, <laughs> they, they throw other rocks at him. And saying, "Hey, you burnt your. He's here to burn down the other half of our village because they really hadn't gotten around to rebuilding that first half <laughs> um, after all these years." Uh-huh. And he and he goes, "No, I'm innocent." And the rocks take him down, and holding in his hand, they they see the white seal, and uh, they read it, and they go, "Oh my gosh, we should really have uh, listened to him yeah. b- before we cast him out, and then again before we threw rocks at him." And <laughs> That's why it is said in uh, in what's remaining of that village, always break the white seal. Brilliant. He's a martyr for truth. Yeah. That's way better than mine. Um, mine was going to be like a children's story um, about like... Oh, mine was a children's story. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> Um, just like the Jungle Book. Yeah. No, I think mm-hmm. perfect. <laughs> um, so mine is um, there was a seal. Um, so basically there's like this zoo, you know, in the um, 1800s traveling zoo. And then um, a zoo went missing. And then they said like um, his boss is yelling at this guy. It's like, you let the seal loose? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, go, go get the loose seal. He's like, okay, okay, which one? He's like, get the white seal. And so he went into the jungle. He's searching for uh, the white seal, and he um, he he sees this um, like a, a a brown seal or a gray seal, whatever. Um, see, it's 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 a it's a seal that it's not that doesn't you wouldn't see this kind of seal in the jungle. But he's like, well, this is like a gray seal, but it's not a white seal. But I guess I'll get it. Just in case, maybe my boss will be happy that I brought two seals back. Um, so then he brings back the seal. Uh, he's like, hey, I'm sorry I can't get the white seal. He's just like, white seal? What are you talking about? He's like, he said to get the white seal. I was like, no, I said get the right seal. Because it was part of the act. Um, oh. And then... What, and what then, a tough sequence of events for him. And then he turns to the camera, shrugs his shoulders, <laughs> and goes right into the man. Walks away. You see the way she looked at me? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go learn how to live in a society now. <laughs> I'm going to learn English now. See you later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jungle Book 2 should just be Mowgli growling at a bunch of people. It, out of his mind. Uh, okay, so um, the last one I'll give you is uh, actually something that... Uh, has uh been adapted into a couple of other films mm. it's the tune the tune my uh, the tumai of the elephants and tumai is the name of the boy so tumai of the elephants mm-hmm. 
Um, okay. So, uh, very similar to Mowgli living with the wolves, um, Tumai was, you said it's a boy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tumai lived with these elephants. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't like he was abandoned by his parents or anything like that, or it was a horrible accident. He just one day uh, took a wrong turn mm. and ended up in the jungle. He actually, he lived uh, in England. Mm. And uh, he was like, man, I think I'm lost. Ended up in India. Um, it was like accidental imperialism at that <laughs> point. Um because he really was just trying to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ended up living uh, for about 15 years with these elephants. Um, and uh, one day when he's 15, they're like, it's time for you to get a job. Because um, all these elephants, they're they're pulling their weight around here. Right. And um, you're kind of just mooching off them. So uh, he got into a big fight with uh, his, his um, surrogate dad elephant. And... Uh, She's like, fine, I'll work at the elephant shop with you. Um, he he worked, he put in his time. He was um, peeling bananas mostly mm-hmm. at the elephant shop because um, uh, they had a big um, like or- orangutan monkey clientele. Um, anyway, he learned how to run a shop, but it came time to get his first paycheck. And um, he, uh, he opened up his paycheck and uh, said, wait a minute working at this elephant shop all this time, and this is how much I get? What am I, working for peanuts? <laughs> you did it. <laughs> There's so many unnecessary details in that story. No, But it was really no. fun to tell. Every word was a, 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 a paintbrush painting, a stroke of the tapestry. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Perfect. Um Mine was going to uh, basically be um, the story. All right, so I'll give the abridged version. Um, so Tumai um, is a he, he's a boy who um, he 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 really likes elephants, and so <laughs> and so one day uh, he said. Know what I'm gonna do? Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead all the elephants. I'm gonna earn their respect. And so what he does is he goes into the jungle and then he kills a cheetah um, oh, wow. with a handmade spear. Um, and then all the elephants respect him um, until um, a woman named we'll just call her Jane uh, comes in and she's from England and she's like, "Wow, like I think you're so great." And he just shrugs his shoulders <laughs> and leaves the elephants and <laughs> without saying a word to them. And then one of the elephants says, that guy truly was the Tumai of the elephants. Roll credits. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Ah. Very nice. Thank you. I feel proud of that. Speaking one. of the, the, the shoulder shrugging and walking away uh with the uh, the girl you just met, did it um did it bother you that that vase didn't break? Oh <laughs> she like threw it off her head and it bounced and it rolled 
Well, it looked like pretty compacted dirt. <laughs> well, I just assume that it was a thermally insulated vase. Uh, mm, you know, one of those one of those eighteen hundred thermal vases. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that that was my guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just rolled down. It would have been really exciting if it did break. And he went to clean it up, mm-hmm. and then uh, Sher Khan was right behind him, <laughs> and like went to leap forward, and he grabbed a shard and turned and like finished it off, and then she was she was horrified by what she saw, <laughs> and he saw the blood on his own hands, and he realized he had truly become an animal, <laughs> and he slowly walks into the darkness of the jungle. Uh, Roll credits. <laughs> That's good. The last film Disney ever worked on. Um aptly called um Mowgli story of how he killed a tiger with his mm. bare hands. That's why they're called bare hands. Because ah, Mowgli Oh good. Just need your bare hands to kill <laughs> your just basic bare hands to kill. Forget about other weapons in your life. You're armed. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> All right, guys, that about does it for our review of the 1967 Jungle Book. Um, let us know what you thought of the movie, if you remember it from your memory uh, or if you watched it recently uh, on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks and let us know what you thought of our review on iTunes and Stitcher. Um the review really helps us out and really helps um, other people find the bare necessities of our podcast. He did it! <laughs> yeah! <I> said it! <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and be sure to tune in next time where we... Oh, are we not going to watch The Jungle Book 2, The Wrath of Shere Khan? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I would love to do that. <laughs> because when I was listening to Shere Khan, I was like, man, this guy sounds like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and I was like, I want to see The Wrath of Shere Khan. <laughs> I am Shere Con Mowgli, you can't even break a band. How can you be expected to break a bone? <laughs> Those are my favorite lines from him in that movie. Um, no, uh, next week we will be reviewing the. I got nothing. Um, it's going to be April twenty second. It's going to be a full moon. Uh... Ooh, full moon. You do you want to do the Truman Show? Yeah, let's do Truman Show. All right, cool. Cool. So, and be, so be sure to tune in next time where we... I got to think of a thing. Just tell them the truth, Grayson. The, the, the truth, man. Show them the truth, man. <laughs> All right, I got it. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's why it's I I get it now. (laughs) True man show. Oh man. I always thought, why not just call him Mr. Smith? (laughs) Oh, that's right. You already set me up. No, I'll do it again. 
Okay. And be sure to tune in next time where we say good afternoon, good evening, and good night. With the 1998 fantasy sci-fi film, The Truman Show, starring Jim Carrey and uh, I'm sure other people. Uh, oh, yeah. There's tons of famous people in it. Yeah. I have, I haven't seen this movie yet uh, because it didn't look like it was going to be in the range, which I was used to seeing Jim Carrey, which was The Mask or Ace Ventura and nothing else. You are going to be so paranoid after you see this movie. Oh, no. So we will be watching The Truman Show right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs>